0: Alright, well, there's a whole uh, whole bunch of rain coming. I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. It keeps it from being uh, extraordinarily cold like it is right now. I was going to go for a walk and then Alexa tells me it's 30-something outside. And the iPhone tells me it's 42. Not, uh, relax, Alexa, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about you. I wish Alexa just knew when I was talking about her, not to her. I'm not giving you commands right now. You can calm yourself. The rain is coming. And just, uh, I think, a little too late because the rain was... We should have had rain a month ago to help get those fall colors where they need to be. But uh, I think we're too late. I think all the rain's going to do now is just... It's just going to knock all the all the leaves off the trees so yeah pretty this will end up being easily one of the maybe the most disappointing fall foliage seasons that i that i can certainly recall still better than anything else uh a couple of things you know my kids they're not afraid they're just not afraid of scary movies it's it's the craziest thing. My oldest used to be afraid one one Halloween we were coming back from trick or treating <clears throat> and uh we were standing in the driveway or something uh and and down at the, the end of the street we heard uh just a lot of you know hollering and you know, laughing and you know just a lot of noise. And and my oldest got, like freaked out. I mean, they were three at the time. Uh, yeah, she's barely three years old. So of course, yeah, scared by stuff. It's, it's, what? What's? What is that? What is that, Daddy? <laughs> and I I was like, oh, I think it's just a big group or something. That's literally what I said. It's a big group or something. And they go, big grouper. And then ran towards the door. And I'm like, wait, no, big group, like a big group of people or something. It's just a big, it's a bunch of kids trick-or-treating at the end of the road. They're just, you know, they're just laughing and yelling and having a, you know, having a fun little spooky time. That's all. And Cam goes, I don't want a big grouper. I don't want the big grouper to come near me. And I'm like, a big grouper would be a fish there's no big fish walking around the streets on trick or uh, on, on Halloween. So that's the kind of I mean there you know there just used to be and one time we we uh we moved into this house and I made a joke that the house was named Charlie. And came up, What? Charlie? Ah! <laughs> and so I think what I've done though is I've try- I I saw how how scared the kids would be of just of, of so many things. You know, I didn't want them growing up to be a Rod and Todd Flanders. So I'd go out of my way to just uh, scare the shit out of them at various points. I mean, not in a, not in a, you know, those, those videos of the dad with a with a hockey mask and a chainsaw waking up his kids. No, nothing like that. But just, you know, just getting a little, uh, you know, we'd be on a walk in the woods and be like, oh, well, we better watch out for the Wendigo. go. What? you know they the wendigo they roam these woods in search of their next delicious meal just those kind of things no big deal we'd go to a museum and i would say uh i hope these mummies are not the cursed mummies that i heard were lying in the crypts beneath this hallowed ground ready for just the right time to awaken and terrorize <laughs> what yeah uh, you know just shit like that just being you know being an asshole jerky dad stuff uh and now we're at the point you know a couple years ago i, I want to say maybe two years ago year and a half two years ago i don't remember we showed them the shining eh, they liked it they thought it was fine but nothing really you know, I mean it's that's not a particularly I was never scared by the shining i i, I really love that movie but I never was scared by... uh nothing nothing of course the first time I saw the shining I was 17 uh and then we showed them the ring which really creeped me out when I was I was 22 when that came out saw it in the theater creeped me out had me spooked had me real spooked didn't want to answer the phone, uh, and nothing, nothing, crickets. They just thought it was silly. Uh, as I mentioned last week, we watched the host. We watched host or the host. Uh, great. Cam really enjoyed it. Kalen saw a little bit of it. Nothing. We watched the, uh, the the taking of uh, I can't what the hell name of it. It's Sarah Logan. The taking of Sarah Logan. The old lady with dementia, but it's not really dementia. And they were laughing the whole time. They were cracking up everything. It's not it's not very scary, but it, they were cracking up. Even the stuff that I thought was a little creepy. They were just like, you know, you see the, the dark room and a little white figure. It's the old lady creepily walking through the house. And you know, it's it's creepy. And they're just they're just laughing, laughing their heads off. Uh what did we watch oh gosh oh we watched uh so so then friday and saturday night we I, I said okay uh we we watched us earlier this week i think wednesday and thursday night we watched us and they really liked it I, you know when i first when i first saw us i was neither scared nor in i, I thought it was terrible i thought it was really boring i thought it stunk Watching it the second time, I really liked it. It's still not. I mean, there's some. There are some creepy parts. There's a little. The little doppelgangers. that can run fast and they can move differently, and it's it's really creepy. Climbing on things and whatnot. You know, it's it's it is creepy. It's a good movie. That is a good movie. I, I take back. You know, I, I don't know if I ever said anything about it on the podcast, but I take it back. That's a that's a very good movie. Um, it's really well done. I didn't like it when I first saw it, and I watched it this time. I'm like, wow, I, this isn't the movie I remembered, and I, and I didn't remember much about it. I, I quite enjoyed it. The kids really liked it too. At no point were they scared. You know, when the, when the, when the creepy doppelganger family standing at the end of the driveway, and and then they start banging on the door, and st- I mean, nobody was like, that's scary. No, nobody was scared. And then I said. Oh, and we watched Hell House uh, last week. I've mentioned Hell House, which scared the shit out of me. The first time I saw it scared the shit out of me. The second time I saw it, which was last week, I'm hiding under a blanket fanning myself. Oh, the vipers. And uh, the kids are just like, this is, they really liked it, and nothing about it was scary to them, nothing. And I and I kept saying, you, you don't think that that big, clown who's not a person and he's just standing at the top of the stairs you don't think that's scary and then they look down the stairs and then the camera pans back and the clown is staring at the cameraman that's not creepy that's not messing you up and then that guy the creepy weird little sleazy camera man guy is doing his little video journal at the end of the day and the the shadowy girl figure is standing in the in the in the doorway that's fucking freak that scared the shit out of me they were like no it wasn't that it wasn't scary at all and not in a and not in one of those kids like oh i'm nope i'm not scared nope 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 but really they're just we would if it was actually scary to them we would know because they would be coming into our bedroom every five seconds uh pretending to need something so that they could you know, try to, try to weasel their way into our bed. That's how we would know, and that doesn't happen. That's not happening at all. What's happening is we put them to bed, and they go to sleep, and they sleep soundly and comfortably. That's how we know. They're not remotely scared by any of these movies. So, Hell House, we watched the Sarah Logan, Shining, Ring, Us, uh, you name it. Uh, we watched some of uh, Cabin Fever last night. Skipped through a lot of it, but it's it's pretty pretty gruesome. Uh, and you know they just were cracking up at that too. Uh, you know just a, just a number of things. Um, we might we might watch we might watch Wrong Turn and Joyride. Some of these classic early early aughts movies that were all you couldn't tell one from the other and and Kimmy and I saw them all in the theater cuz we had nothing else to do uh we we'll try some of those none of it, none of it's gonna they'll be laughing during all of it uh, as they were laughing during the trailers to all these movies we should trailer for Jeepers Creepers they were cracking up they were cracking up uh the only thing is these most of these movies are not available streaming anywhere so we'd have to buy them so there is a good chance we won't be watching them even for $3.99, I don't want to own Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> uh, so finally, we got through. Yeah. Shining, The Ring, Us, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Hell House, Sarah Logan, the paranormal activity movies they've watched. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't creep them out at all. None of these. The fa- For me, the found footage, like I am a sucker for found footage. I love found footage. That's the only thing that really does. You know, there's, there's movies that are scary. But the found footage thing, even though it's just it's all kind of cliche at this point because it's been done so many times. But, the, you know, walking down a creepy staircase and it's really just looks like somebody holding an iPhone uh, going into a creepy, you know, it's a creepy attic, the creepy basement, the creepy. I was creeped that 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 uh, the host was they had a lot of that shit. It was it was uh, it was really it was scary. It was great. It scared that that movie scared that shit out of me. I, I don't mind telling you. There's these g- ghoulish, ghostly things, and and the kids are just sitting there like, yeah, that was kind of dumb. <laughs> uh, so finally we go through all these movies. Nobody's scared by anything. So I Friday night I said I've got one for you. I've got one. This is really going to get you. Trust me. This is a scary effing movie, dude. We're going to watch a film called Hereditary. It's very scary. And so we watched this, a, I mean, it's a two, two hour. it's over two hours long. So we, and we didn't start, I, I was finishing up work around 830 at night. So we didn't start this movie till, yeah, it was 830 when we started the movie. So we, we went till 930, Friday night, watched the first hour. And there is, uh, there was nothing scary about it. it. It was the first hour was just, you know, it's really, it's, the whole hour is just setting them, setting the table, setting the mood uh setting the tone setting the pace setting everything and uh you know it does move pretty slowly and and something happens i won't spoil it something happens in that movie that is just so like out of left field that you absolutely don't see coming and it happens and uh i admittedly started kind of laughing just cuz i had already i'd seen it before and it's just the ridiculousness of it all and my youngest and my wife were Yelling at me like, "What? That's not funny. That's a horrible thing that just happened." And Cam's laughing too, of course. And uh, but but I said, "Well, are you bored by this movie?" Do we? No, no, we like it. It's just not scary, but we're really enjoying this movie. Okay, all right, that's good. Uh, so we we shut it off and then we finished it last night. And I said, "Listen," and we waited for we waited until it was dark, we, eight o'clock or so. We finished the rest of it, and I said, "Listen." the first hour of The hereditary is not really scary it's really just setting up for what's what's to come and uh i said that the last oh i said the last 15 minutes 20 minutes or so uh, get ready get ready cuz this i'm i i i went out of my way i guaranteed that they would be scared i said i'm guaranteeing you will be frightened and there's a part in that movie when i first saw it just uh, when you, you know, it's a it's just a long shot, I'm trying not to give too much of it away, uh, a long shot of a, somebody sitting in bed and it's very dark and if you're not really looking in the right spots, you're not realizing and eventually you do realize that there is someone else in that room with him in a place that uh, would be an unnatural, unnatural and impossible for a human to be in that place, but there they are, and uh, and it's when I first saw it, and I'm just kind of looking at the person sitting there, and then I realized, like, oh my god, this is, oh my god, look at that's, a, oh my god, and uh, we got to that part last night, and I'm like, don't you guys see? Don't you guys see that there's somebody else in the room? And they're like, and they saw it, and they're like, oh yeah, and they just started laughing. And I'm like, you're not creeped out by that, no. And uh, and then all the weird shit starts happening, and and then there's there's creepy people in the house, and uh, with creepily smiling, and the kids are falling off the couch, laughing at all of it, everything that's happening. They're just cracking up. So nothing and and actually I'm watching it a second does the second time I've seen that movie and I really loved it the first time I really loved it the second time too it's great it's really well done uh but yeah it's not it's it's not that scary it's it's actually not scary hell house second time through I thought ah, I've seen it before I know what's coming you know paranormal activity scared the shit out of me those movies the first time through and then watching them the second time it's like Nyeh. Nyeh. uh that's mo. That's the thing. Most of those found footage type deals, you you can watch it once, and and that's about it. It's good for one one showing, just like Blair Witch. I remember watching again Blair Witch in the theater. I loved it. I loved the build up to it. I enjoyed it when it was in the theater, and then and then it came out on <clears throat> on DVD. You know, just in time for Halloween. And I ran and grabbed my copy of the Blair Witch Project on DVD, and proceeded to watch uh, about ten minutes of it, and then say, "You know what? I, I actually don't think this movie was that good. Now that I think about it, I really swallowed that hype." And uh, yeah, this movie's not not scary at all. Great atmosphere, you know, in the fall, out in the woods, cold and leafy. All that stuff, just a bunch of teens out in their own, uh, or college kids, whatever they are. But yeah, it didn't, uh, wasn't that good. Hell House has me scared the second time just as much as the first time. And I knew it was coming and it still scared the shit out of me. Uh, and the kids, they just felt that nothing, nothing. Hereditary, nothing. Watching Hereditary the second time through, I still really enjoyed it. It just wasn't, uh, like most movies, not nearly as scary the second time through, but still great. It's still great. And I said, okay, well, next time we'll watch Midsummer, that won't scare you. That will just freak you out because it's so unsettling. <laughs> it's just so unsettling. I really like that movie too. Really enjoyed it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot. It's a, it's more, you know, hereditary is not, there's really not a ton of gore and a, there's no, uh, there's really it's just the the atmosphere and the music and not really knowing trying to like what's happening here what is going on here uh, I mean there is there are some I, there are some very graphic gory parts now that I think about it I mean if you're if you're fans of people having heads attached to their bodies I guess I mean, this might not be the movie for you anyway um but it's just, it's great. and But the kids, nothing. And they just, they went to bed, and that was it. I mean, in the old days, uh, the, the old days, if they heard a, you know, if they heard the heat click on at night, they would come, uh, you know, one of them at least would come in and be like, there's noises in my room. There's scary noises. Someone's in my room. No one's in your room. We've been in the same place for years. Nobody's in your room. Trust me. And then we watch these actual scary things, and they're just like, eh. That was good. Thanks. That was fun. Okay. Good night. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm debating. It's about 9 30. It's Sunday morning. There's part of me that wants to turn on and watch some wrestling from this week, and there's part of me that wants to delete all of it. I'm set to go see AEW on Wednesday. I don't really, I really don't want to i'm i'm so yeah it's it's a weird thing um during the pandemic we went into Boston a lot because there was no traffic and we took two we've i want to say twice this year it's it hasn't been a lot of trips to boston i don't i don't even know i don't even i can't even think of uh, I took the, uh, no, it's been more than twice. I've taken the kids there a few times. We went in on one Sunday and ice cream and stuff. We went on a Saturday and did some stuff. We went on a weekday and did some stuff. We've, we've gone a few times and, uh, and I'm just, I'm just tired of it. I'm like, it used to be uh, you know, I was tired of commuting. Now I'm just, I'm just tired of, I'm just tired of just going there and we go and we kind of walk around and I'm just like, all right, you know. Uh, the The chewing gum, the chewing gum has gone stale. The fresh piece of gum is now, now tasteless, which is terrible. That's a terrible thing to say. It's one of the great cities. It really is. It's such a great city, and there's so much aquariums and museums and uh, you know anything you could think of. A science museum, art museum, multiple art museums. There's sports. There's entertainment. There's shows. There's like things to do. Hey, I don't want to do all that stuff. Uh, just because, again, we're still in a pandemic, so I'm not like, you know, I'm not racing out to go be near a bunch of crowds. Um, and also, I'm just like, I yeah, I just after all these years, there's a there's definitely a certain level of exhaustion that is set in from even just getting in the car and, and going there because everywhere, everywhere in this area, there's there's no. Even the, I was gonna. I mean, there's there's plenty of country roads. They're just busy. There's just a lot of people, so it's a funny thing. It New England and where we live here in Southern New Hampshire, the the, the greater Boston area, I guess, uh, commutable to Boston. Um, it's a lot of there's a lot of back roads. There's a lot of country. It's one of those weird things being from uh, a much quieter place in upstate New York, it's it's a weird thing because it all, it looks like where I'm from and uh, the, the trees look the same and the weather's the same and the seasons and the snow and the, the hot, humid summers and it's only three hours, we're only three hours from where I grew up, but yet it's so very, very different. It's one of those, like, if somebody... Uh, tried to recreate, it's it's like if I tried, somebody tried to recreate my hometown uh, for a movie set or something like that. And they got it very, very close, but something's not quite, not quite there. Like on The Simpsons, when Mr. Burns hired actors to play Homer and Marge and Lisa uh, to trick Bart into uh, thinking that they didn't care about him anymore. And Bart goes, there's something and the guy playing homer goes bo you idiot homer simpson doesn't say bo he says do <laughs> da Oh. and bart says there's something not quite right about this that's what that's what new england is which i'm sure new englanders if a if somebody from new hampshire and suburban massachusetts moved out to uh, where i'm from they would say the same thing they're like it looks a lot like where I'm from. It feels a lot like where I'm from. But something's not quite the same. And that's what it's like. I mean, I'm used to where if you take a fall drive out in the country, up in the mountains, you are, you, yeah, lots of people go up and they leaf peep and stuff, but you can get to certain places where it's just you. In in New Hampshire, it's not the case. It's just not the case at all because you have all the Boston people. I would imagine the Catskills are probably like that because I would imagine a lot of New York City, uh, Long Island area folks who want to get up into the mountains to do some leaf peeping. I would imagine that a lot of them go to the Catskills and far fewer make it as far as the Adirondacks. So it's really you really feel like you have the place to yourself. Driving around the Adirondacks, driving around the countryside in New York really feels like you're just out in the middle of nowhere and you've you've got the whole place to yourself, and it's great. Uh, You never feel that way. (laughs) The fall drives that we have taken and we're just sitting in traffic on a highway, just sitting in a parking lot of traffic. And uh, so it's never, and then anywhere you go, everyone's there. The farms that you go to are just so congested so many people uh, there's one that's just right across the border so it's a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of mass holes a of boston people and whatnot and they just oh they just jam back into these places so it's a little bit different than than what i'm used to and i know some of the the farms and things in upstate new york they get they they're very very popular cuz cuz in this day and age a farm is not just a farm anymore it used to be you went to the farm, pick some apples, get some cider, get some donuts, pick your pumpkins out of there. These places now, they have like, you know, they have literally, it's a theme park. All these farms have turned into theme parks. It's like Disney World Junior. And they have, uh, yeah, they have rides and they have attractions and they have all these, you know, it's just, it's insane. Um You know, used to be the big attraction was like maybe there was a hayride and a corn maze. Now it's like there's a hayride and the corn maze uh, next to the roller coaster, next to the 3D immersive Halloween experience, uh, next to stage uh, stage next to the main stage, uh, which is and then stage B is over there where we have concerts and it's just it's insane. It's it's so much. It's cool. It's really cool, but it's just man. It's also very different. Uh, so, anyways, I, I don't know what my my point is. Oh, so going into Boston, I'm just I'm just uh, we've we've done it so much and we've experienced it so much. We've gone trick or treating twice in Boston, in historic Beacon Hill. One of the if you read any any magazine article, any any web article about you know the top places you must go trick or treating in the United States, and Beacon Hill is always. Certainly, always on the list, and it's usually very close to the top of the list, if not at the top of the list. And it's awesome, yeah. Full size candy bars, of course, that's that goes without saying, it's just so much candy an insane amount of candy, and also, uh, it's just the coolest because everybody uh, really does it up on there. I mean, these are these are all for the most part, you're if you're in Beacon Hill, these streets are. Occupied by multi millionaires you know, John Kerry lives there. The, that kind of thing. It's old money. It's old money, but it's lots of it. So there's lots of candy, and there's cool decorations, and some people open up the, you know, the haunted house. Uh, it's just, you know, they have all kinds of things that they're, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. It's just great. Um, we, we've we've done it all though. I feel. And I've just I've gotten to a point where I'm like, Yeah, I'm, I'm sorta of tired. I'm sorta of just not in the mood. I I really I want to finish work and then I just want to relax. <laughs> after all these years of doing so much stuff after work, on the weekend, just non stop, nonstop. And maybe it's just the pandemic has has slowed me down a little bit. I don't know. But I but yeah, I mean that was the thing. Last year we were going in to Boston, Christ, we were going in it twice a week because there's no traffic and you just park anywhere. The kids would ride bikes. We would just walk around. It was phenomenal. It was great. And uh, and now the traffic is back and it's like old times except worse. The traffic is somehow worse, and so I'm I'm just not into it. And so that's what I'm thinking of. Like, oh man, Wednesday night I'm really excited to go see AEW. But boy, oh boy, do I wish they were in New Hampshire, <laughs> or at least in uh, in Lowell, someplace closer. But that's uh, that's all good. I'll drive in. You have to be vaxxed. You have to have your vaccination card to get in, uh, or a negative test, uh, which I don't love. I wish it was just a vaccination card. But uh, yeah, you need your you need your vax card. Uh, I think masks are required i'm pretty sure i will certainly be wearing mine uh and that's fine and i'll go and i'll i'll see hopefully all the you know i've never seen cm punk live uh i've never you know there was a period of time where i just didn't go to wrestling shows cause i did not care i just didn't care stopped going in 2003 didn't go back until 2017 so i missed seeing which is kind of crazy when i think about it uh my favorite wrestler of all time is Shawn Michaels, and basically, when I stopped going to wrestling shows was when he made his uh, his second career comeback and had the best matches of his career, which is saying something because the first half of his career was a Hall of Fame career. And I just didn't go. I don't know. I was, I guess, I was just, I was really content. I didn't give a shit. I'm like, I've, I've seen Shawn Michaels. I've seen him wrestle. He's awesome, but I don't feel like going to wrestling shows anymore. I I felt like I would. I had done so much damage to my ears that I just didn't want to go. So I said, I oh, yeah, I don't need, I don't need to go see wrestling. But I missed out on John Cena. I missed out on Batista, uh, Shawn Michaels, um, CM Punk, Brian Danielson. Missed out on a lot of these guys. And then we went back. I mean, I guess we did see. I guess we did see Brian Danielson wrestling at some point, uh, but I've never seen CM Punk live, uh, so that'll be cool, and uh, to see, you know, the last time the last time I saw AEW was pretty much exactly two years ago, and these guys were they were young up and comers. You didn't really know. I mean, Darby Allin wrestled. Didn't really know who a lot of these guys were. They were just brand new. You knew they were going to be big stars. MJF, you knew it was going to be uh, big time. And now seeing them at this point in their career, I think that I think it'll be pretty pretty exciting. I just don't want to go. I just this is gonna be it. It's just me. Cause you can't get tickets to these things. A, they're expensive. B they're sold out. And C, if they're sold out, then they're even more expensive. So you just and the kids don't care anymore. They're they're not they're not really down with going to wrestling shows. So that's fine. That's fine. So I'll go. I'll go I'll stay as long as I possibly I, I'm not even sure if I'll stay the whole time I'll see what I can do if I've if I've gotten uh, what I want to see uh, in the first before the two hours show is, is over then I might I might just head out and depending on where I park you know get get on the get on the T early get a, you know that's all I care about is just getting out of traffic not having to sit through traffic but uh Yeah, good fun. Oh, we were going to go on a bike ride this morning. Well, we'll see about that. It's freaking cold out. And I'm very content here on this couch. I find myself to be very satisfied here on this couch. Uh, Speaking of wrestling, I tried watching Monday Night Raw earlier this week. And one thing that I've realized in the last... I, I don't even know when this happened. I don't know when this happened, but I've really... I I can't I literally cannot watch WWE's product. Not, not unwatchable because the content is not for me. I mean, that's, that's largely true. But even when I try to watch it and I want to watch it and I want to enjoy it, I can't. And maybe I've already discussed this, but here's why. The camera cuts are so quick, so rapid... It's it's dizzying. It actually is. It's like you almost you get motion sickness watching Vince McMahon's wrestling product because. And I did a I did a quick video. I was trying to watch Monday Night Raw this past week. Uh, I had it on for about a minute or two, and then I turned it off because I can't. They do these things now where uh, the camera cuts. So I I would love to see the production truck. That has to be just nonstop chaos for three hours. Ready, camera one, camera one. Ready, camera two, camera two. Ready, camera three, camera three. Ready, camera two, camera two. Back to three, back to two, back to three, back to two. And camera one, ready, camera one. Ready, camera four, back to four. It's, it's, it has to be just exhausting to, to watch that because that's what it's like watching Raw. It's, you could If you get a chance to watch Monday Night Raw or watch any WWE wrestling show – Check it out because, and and count, count how long they leave the camera on any given shot. Here's what it's going to sound like. It's going to sound like this. One, 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 two, one, 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 two, three, one, 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 two. It's, It's nonstop. It just cut, 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 cut. Cut to camera one, cut to camera two, cut to camera one, cut to camera two, cut to camera three, cut to camera two. It's crazy. And then they do things like if a wrestler has another wrestler in the corner and he's, like, punching him, just like one, two, three, four, five, you know, just pummeling. One guy's getting pummeled in the corner. It used to be that they just let the camera sit and you could watch it. Now they do this thing where they move the camera back and forth, like following the guy's fist. So the camera is shaking back and forth if there's uh there's a there's a character called Cesaro and he does the the swing, the big swing where he just, you know, he grabs a guy's lying on the mat and he grabs his legs and then he just swings him around and around and around and everybody everybody in the audience counts to see how many how many swings he can do. And while he's swinging, the camera is just going left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right as the he's following the person who's being swung around instead of just sitting still and uh and there's just so much of that there's just and if there's a whole melee if there's like you know five six guys just eight guys 10 guys whatever it is it's just a big a big all out melee happening in the ring then the camera is just going back and forth and back and forth and back. like just sit still we can we don't need the extra action we get it i can i can imagine Vince McMahon's like oh we want we want to show what an action packed product we have show everyone how much action WWE is. And I want the camera moving just like the just like the sports entertainers. Because you can't say wrestler if you're in Vince's company. He's crazy. I was just by the way, I was just reading something with Renee Paquette, uh, who used to be Renee Young and she was in WWE and she was um really one of the top talents that they had. Like really a shining star. And just so you know, they've got so many of these generic guys. Everybody Everybody, Michael Cole is uh, a real a professional. To be able to to hang that as long as he has from nineteen ninety seven till now and still be like the top uh, announcer, the head announcer in WWE is 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 great. Um, he's a pro. He can. He knows how to eat shit. He's he's probably eaten more mouthfuls of shit than anyone in that business. I would think. Uh, but he also stinks. I I can't I can't stand him. I every every broadcast with him on it i just say god he sucks and i know it's not really that he sucks it's that he's just taking everything he's a company player that's why he's been there since 1997 you you don't stay in the wwe for uh 25 years by being your own man you do exactly what the boss tells you you eat shit vince mcmahon wants to take a dump in your mouth you open wide and say yes yes please thank you sir may i have another uh, and Michael Cole proved how entertaining he can be uh, back in say 2011, 2012, when he was a villain. And really, again, he was just—it was—it was Vince McMahon speaking through Michael Cole. Michael Cole was a a heel announcer, a villain announcer, making fun of a lot of the wrestlers, making fun of Jerry Lawler, making really like really cruel things, and it was very entertaining. And you realize, like, oh, this is Vince. This is kind of like Michael Cole has now become Cartman uh, of South Park. <laughs> he's just Vince is saying all the things he wants to say, but he's saying them through Michael Cole as the evil announcer. And you realize, wow, he this guy can really be entertaining. And Michael Cole seems like a he seems like a nice guy. He seems like a good guy, I guess. Um, but I can't he's unlistenable since 1997 he's just been impossible to listen to. I can't stand his commentary. I can't stand listening to him uh Vince obviously loves the guy because every announcer they have sounds i don't know if i'm listen i every time I watch wrestling, I think I'm listening to Michael Cole and I realize it's somebody else, and they switch these guys now every few weeks, so I don't even know who the people are. It's the first time ever i don't even I don't know who these guys are who are broadcasting on monday night raw and i've I've long since stopped caring uh but Renee Renee Young Renee Paquette was, uh, made, you know, a backstage interviewer. She's great at doing that, like talk show host kind of thing. She's great at doing the backstage thing. She had a a very mean Jean O'Kerlin quality to her, where that was like a a personality that really, you know, that really popped and really, you know, came through the screen. It was it was very fun to watch her her abilities but you know what mean jean was not good in the broadcast booth he didn't do the broadcast booth that much he didn't belong there and neither did uh, Renee Young in my opinion i i didn't i didn't love her it was great because she deserved to be in the broadcast booth on on monday night raw and to be the first uh, female play-by-play announcer on, on raw and i thought she did a you know she deserved getting there and then when she got there it was like ah this really isn't this really isn't her cup of tea, uh, but it's also well known that anybody who sits in that position, whether you're greener than grass or a WWE Hall of Fame legend, Vince McMahon is sitting backstage monitoring everything, and he's screaming in their ear. It's it's Mick Foley was once an announcer on SmackDown and he did a great job I love when Mick Foley was the play-by-play or was the uh, color commentator on SmackDown he was great Uh, and he quit (laughs) because Vince McMahon would yell you know this famously Mick Foley tells of Vince just screaming in his ear say it say the line damn it say it and uh, you know Vince is just a notorious micromanager he wants things exactly the way he wants them there are words you can't say in WWE. You can't say hospital. Uh, and uh, uh, John Cena has been taken to the local medical facility. You have to say medical facility. We'll monitor the situation. John Cena is being uh, receiving treatment at a local medical facility here in the uh, here in Chicago. Um, you can't say belt, like championship belt. It has to be championship. So. Anyone who says belt, Uh, and I think Mick Foley got yelled at because he said belt on one of the broadcasts, and uh, that's a no-no. Can't say that. You can't say wrestling. I think the only time they're allowed to say wrestle is WrestleMania because 30 years ago, 35 years ago, Vince named his top pay-per-view WrestleMania back in the day when they still called it professional wrestling. It was the World Wrestling Federation now it's just wwe they don't even it stands for world wrestling entertainment but you're never going to hear them say that because vince hates the word wrestling because vince really does hate pro wrestling vince loves money and he loves to control people (laughs) and i i don't think he likes wrestling all that much uh and he likes personalities and characters which is great because that's what we want too but you know we also grew up as wrestling fans, so we like that stuff as well. Anyway, uh, so there's 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 words you can't say, there's phrases you can't use, there's stuff. You, I mean, it's just, you know, he has all these rules. And uh, Vince McMahon notoriously he hates sneezing. He hates when other people sneeze. He hates when he sneezes. He there's stories that Vince McMahon will have a little. Hissy fit temper tantrum if he sneezes because it's something that he can't control. Triple H, who's Vince McMahon's son in law, told a story. I believe it was on a Vince McMahon DVD that they put out years ago. I know because I owned it and I watched the DVD and they're talking about Vince. And this is, again, the crazy thing about wrestling. Like the, how they would talk about, like, oh, he was a notorious prankster, great pranks. Oh, yeah, he would take a shit. In, uh, in one guy's cowboy hat or he would, uh, he would poop in their their luggage or he would take a piss in their shoes. I mean, just great pranks. And you're like, those aren't great pranks. That's fucking harassment. That's disgusting. Uh, it's a fucking biohazard. That's what it is. It's not a prank. It's fucking sick. Um, it's kind of like that with Vince. I remember in this DVD they're like, oh, Vince, you know, Stephanie, his daughter – and Triple H, his son-in-law, are telling the story about Vince, his his famous te- oh, just uh, Vince has just the greatest temper. They're talking about it in a positive. They ha- they don't have enough nice things to say about Vince, so they have to talk about his legendary temper and how they were they were all playing uh, playing a game of pool one night uh, at Vince's uh, West Palm Beach estate. His Palm Beach estate. I don't think it's West Palm Beach. I think it's just Palm Beach. Um. I've, I know, maybe it is West Palm Beach. That seems weird. I mean, the 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 billionaires live in Palm Beach. I don't know why Vince would be living in West Palm Beach. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I mean, there's some anyway. His Florida uh, estate. There, one night, Vince and Stephanie and Triple H were playing pool, and Vince lost, and he. You know, slam the slam the stick down, and he was like, "Ah, oh, god damn it! Ah, oh, fuck!" And he was just screaming and swearing. And they're like Triple H and Stephanie, are just sitting there laughing, like, "Yeah, that's Vince for you. He's a, you know, they spin it as like he's such a competitor that he just can't lose at anything." And so that's, but that's my dad. You know, he's just so passionate. He's so passionate that I'll take just a fun, friendly little game of pool. Oh, fuck god damn it and scream and swear because he lost to his son-in-law and or his daughter at the game of pool and uh yeah that's fun so anyway renee paquette recently had an interview talking about when she was in well i guess in the commentary booth vince yelled at her all the time because he yells at everyone all the time and that's why I say Michael Cole is a is a, deserves like a medal of honor or something for having to put. I can't imagine the things that Vince has screamed into his ear uh, in the last uh, whatever it's been twenty four years. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's footage on YouTube. There's a little like you know the like people would record the satellite feed of RAW where they would get the the entire you know, people with these crazy satellite dishes who wouldn't pick up the commercials. They would just pick up everything in between the commercials and before they went on air, all this stuff is like, you know, because they're transmitting uh, this, from the truck to the whatever. And uh, you would hear Michael Cole during a commercial or doing, you know, off mic. He's like, uh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Mr. McMahon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And this isn't this isn't like in the 90s when he was first started. This is like in the last five, six, some odd years, ten years that he's, he's well-established. And he has to sit there and just, yes, sir. Oh, I was under the impression that, oh, oh, okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll do that next time, sir. Thank you, sir. And that's how you have to, fu- I mean, you wonder why these wrestlers, are uh, are just so miserable some of them and they go to these other places and they just they uh i, I can't imagine i can't imagine the level of pressure being a, a wwe superstar uh that has to be and you know and you're expected for so many years expected to to play hurt you wonder why all these guys die in their 30s and 40s from uh abuse of of pain pills and mixing it with booze and stuff it's like you gave you literally gave your body to this to this business to this company and in the hopes of making a bunch of money and some people do and some people don't and then you you uh you, and then you you kind of have you know a lot of these guys they come and go thinking they're going to get their big break in the WWE and it doesn't you know maybe they're there for a couple years not enough to retire but enough to to you know live a certain lifestyle just in time just in time to get 86 <laughs> and and then be done and you know and then you see Vince flying around on a jet and he's a he's a billionaire he's been a billionaire for twenty years and uh it does have to be it does have to be somewhat upsetting to and, and then and to see them just use your your likeness and things in perpetuity on on these WWE network, uh, you know, DVDs and things like that. And it's like yeah, where's the where's my residuals? That's why yeah, Jesse the Body Ventura had a whole th- I mean, he, he I think he still gets paid a pretty pretty good chunk of of, uh, of cash for he hasn't worked for WWE since 1990 and he's he's getting money from from his work back then cuz he said, "No, if you're going to if you're going to make money selling tapes, of shit that I've, I worked hard to, to, you know, to be a part of that. I'm going to get some money too. Anyway, but, uh, but Renee Young was detailing how, uh, she was doing like a panel thing to promote a pay-per-view. And it was when uh, this guy Tyson Fury was on the pay-per-view and she was supposed to call him the linear, linear champion, um, lineal, lineal champion. I don't even know. I've never even heard that term. I don't follow boxing. I don't care. But I guess it was a big deal. And Vince loves monikers. Everybody has to have, you know, the Scottish psychopath and the Celtic warrior and the sw- the Swiss cyborg and the monster among men and the, you know, the head of the table, everybody, the lunatic fringe, the architect, the yeah, everybody, everybody has. It can't just be, you know, the name everyone has to have it and it all it all sounds like it came right from the create a wrestler section of a video game you know what, what are you going to uh, give your name something uh, some some generic you know the all star the the show off you know all these stupid names you're like i'm not going to pick that for my the name of my cuz you have to have if you if you create a wrestler in these video games you have to give them if you're giving them a, a, a name, you have to give them a name, and it has to be something, it's a pre-selected name so that the ring announcer can say, and now coming down to the ring is the superstar, is the all-American, is the, you know, the battle machine, just all these crappy things. And now now every wrestler pretty much has those those crappy generic names. Uh, it's It's really... Actually, Dolph Ziggler's nickname is The Show Off, and it's so, oh, just so crappy and cringy. Uh, anyways, she, Renee Young, was throwing to this video package and like, ah, Tyson Fury, he's this such and such champion, and he's this and he's that. Uh, and she forgot to mention this lineal champion thing and she threw it to the video package and then in her in her earpieces vince mcmahon saying you ruined it you fucking ruined it you you fucked it all up you ruined it because she didn't say that one word and then she talks about like you know somebody the person asks like does vince ever apologize he scream, you know there's all these notorious stories of vince screaming in somebody's ear when they're doing a broadcast and when you get backstage later, does anybody uh, does anybody say anything to him? does he say anything to them? And it's pretty much like no, he moves on. he gets really mad in the heat of the moment, he yells at somebody and then he moves on and then it's over, and then it's on to the next thing and it's like, man, oh man, that is he's a fucking he's a fucking psychopath. I mean you know you you can't you can't get to be that big and successful by just being an average person you really can't there's look at any of these you know why that's why the word eccentric is usually precedes the word billionaire because that's that's what you have to be there has to be i think some level of insanity um certainly a level of of genius uh yeah i mean look at steve jobs was a notorious piece of shit to his employees just a fucking garbage person and guess what I'm talking into right now? <laughs> guess who made who made the thing that I'm talking into? Same people that make the thing that I'm going to save this file to and then post it later as a podcast, and probably the same company uh, whose platform you're using to listen to this podcast. So yeah, Steve Jobs, and and a little uh, a lot crazy too because the guy. I mean, you know, some some sociopathic tendencies probably the way he was not. Not really there as a dad or as a husband. Just kind of a prick. Total asshole to his employees. Um, you know, workaholic. Never stopped working. Uh, and then kind of didn't really believe too much in uh, in like uh, medicine and science and stuff. And so he's dead. He's been dead for 10 years. Uh, probably could still be alive. Because again, billionaire. Could have afforded the absolute best of medicine of science of anything. I mean he could be, you know, they could have downloaded his consciousness into an iPhone if he wanted to probably. And then just had him just you know just plug him in. <laughs> That's the iJobs is the new uh, the new <laughs> the new head of Apple. Um yeah, he was crazy, maniac, asshole, psychopath. <laughs> Vince McMahon same thing. Um and you know all these guys are like super manipulative too it's like you have to because that's the other thing you have to have people you don't just become a billionaire by yourself you have to have some folks uh, there's a lot of pieces of that puzzle you have to have great employees you have to have buy-in from investors and business partners who believe in the vision so yeah you have to be a visionary uh, you have to be a, an insane workaholic you have to you know sleep like three or four hours a night basically and you know there's a, there's all these there's all these pieces to it, and you have to be pretty brilliant. You have to have a product that nobody else has, and be able to push that product and get people to buy into that product and all this other stuff. So you have to have you have to get other people who might be just mild mannered average people. You have to get them to buy in to what you're selling to the same level that you have bought in because it's your creation. So you have to be there has to there's a level of craziness that the average person doesn't have because like i don't i don't like to recommend music because i don't give a shit if people like the music that i like or not and i don't want them i don't want to find out that they if i recommended a movie or a video game or a, a, an artist to listen to and then they come back and like yeah it wasn't for me like, fuck you in 2010 i had a co-worker and i was like hey the new arcade fire is out and he's like who's that i'm like oh you should take a listen you might like it it's a really good album and he listened to it and he's like, yeah, that stunk. That's uh, not for me. I'm like, you know what? Go fuck yourself. Go listen to Steely Dan or whatever the hell you're into. Jackass. Uh, who cares? You don't like stuff that I like. <sighs> so I, I – I, you know, I don't – and I don't have that uh, – I don't have that maniacal, insatiable desire for people to, <laughs> to buy into all the shit that I'm doing. So I, I – come to terms with the fact that i'm never going to be a billionaire i've also come to terms with the fact that i don't really give a shit uh but vince mcmahon is a billionaire because he has there's certain tendencies that you can see in vince that are in other again yeah steve jobs bezos you know there's also there also has to be a a certain prickishness uh in not paying your people what they're worth stone cold steve austin is on record saying uh, you know, I don't know if he said in his book or in an interview that, you know, Vince McMahon, basically Vince McMahon's uh, uh you know, credo or whatever you want to call it, is to never, <laughs> to, for the his for the people who work for him to never know how much they're worth. Which is a which is a fun little way of just saying, I hope that I can always get away with underpaying the people who really fucking sweat and bleed literally for me and my company and my product in other words i think steve austin went to vince and said you're not paying me enough dude and uh you know as austin's popularity was was skyrocketing he's like yeah you need to pay me more we need to figure something out i need a bigger piece of my my merch sales i need this i need that whatever and vince said yeah okay i can't afford to lose a guy like this so i'm gonna i'm gonna give him a a good piece of the pie here make it make it right make them whole. And that's the other thing. people are there's stories where, yeah, people would the wrestlers, this is why it's so important for people to not for it to not be taboo to talk about your salary with your coworkers. I, I did that a few months ago and realized, I mean, I knew I was being underpaid because I didn't expect to be there for that long. But I also didn't realize just how underpaid I, it was a rare moment where I, I took a pay cut. I took less then because I thought I'm only going to be here for two months, two, three months, which I was anyways, (laughs) but, but I still was able to get, uh, not just what they should have paid me to begin with, but a little bit more. Uh, and then I found out they were going to give me even more. And I said, well, you should have just done that up front. That's the whole thing. I am not like waiting to get money. I'm, I'm already doing the work. So I should get the pay. And so I left and now I'm making more than I had ever dreamed. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing about you know Vince and these guys. I mean, look at look at the look at Bezos and these horrible conditions in the Amazon uh, Amazon uh, warehouses and things like that of people uh, you know pissing into jars and not being able to take breaks and being monitored for all this and that and just horrendous horrendous conditions. What's Bezos doing? He's flying into space with William Shatner. Bezos and Captain Kirk are orbiting <laughs> orbiting the Earth. While, uh, some poor bastard's making 15 bucks an hour to not be able to go take a piss so that I can get my, uh, uh so I can get my driving gloves in within two days. <laughs> the fuck car alarm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they, they have to be maniacal and they have to be pricks. And you have to be ultra-competitive to the point of, of, like, just being a bad person. <laughs> and and these people are ruthless. There's a ruthlessness that I, I personally don't possess. And I'm, uh, yeah. And that's okay. I prefer not to. I don't need to be ruthless. That's not one of the traits that I've, uh, <laughs> that I find terribly enviable or admirable or anything like that. Um, I mean, I can be ruthless in my own ways. I mean, personally, like, in you know internally ruthless like i i have certain expectations for myself and i probably do i do project those onto others which is why i'm perpetually angry and disappointed with everybody uh but (laughs) but not to the point that i go around screaming at them and yelling in their ears if they don't say lineal champion Maybe I maybe I would if I could. I don't know. <laughs> I think I just do that on the podcast instead. So I don't have to yell at anyone directly. I just yell at everyone on this podcast. I think that's the deal. But uh, yeah. I mean, it's it, there's no real secret. <laughs> Vince McMahon is a complete prick. You have to be manipulative too. There's a lot of wrestlers. And it's really fucking creepy to me. And this is where things are problematic. And this is where... This is where like sociopathic type of people, types of people, can get what they want. Look at there's so many wrestlers, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. Uh, I mean, even like, even people who aren't that much younger than you know, like a Hulk Hogan. And a lot of these guys will tell. They're like, yeah, I, you know, Vince was really like a father figure. It's like, oh man, that's bad. and, and these are these are people who had. You know, Brett Brett had a good relationship with his dads too. Shawn Michaels, I think Shawn Michaels' dad's still alive. And they have a good relationship from what I can tell. A great relationship with his parents. Um, but these uh yeah, you hear so many of these wrestlers talking about like, not so much these days, because Vince is not as accessible as he was when the company was much smaller. But uh, you know, there's there's a line out the door of people waiting to get in and pitch ideas to vince for their for their character and stuff like that but back in the old days it was a much smaller group smaller company you could pretty easily find vince backstage and have some sit-down time with him to go over stuff and uh yeah people would, would a lot of a lot of these wrestlers talk about like oh you know vince was really you know he was my boss but he was really a, like a father figure to me And I just, I feel like, man, that's, that's so wrong. (laughs) It's just so wrong. It shouldn't be like that. Like the only, the only time that uh, your coworkers should feel like your dad is if you work for your actual dad, like Shane and Stephanie McMahon, I guess should be able to say, you know, and that's the thing. The only two people that I don't hear talk about how Vince was like a father figure to them are Shane and Stephanie, Vince's actual kids, who, by the way both got into the wrestling business you have to wonder about that stuff too when people uh it just seems like people are just so they just so want to want to please please their uh you know please their parents and stuff like that and they go into the they go into the family business uh maybe I, I I don't know I get into the whole psychology of it, but there's there's some weird thing you know listening to Howard Stern talking about how he went into radio not not his dad's business but he went into radio because his dad didn't give a shit about anything that he was doing. His dad was a radio uh producer engineer I don't really know exactly but um worked in the radio business in Manhattan in New York you know had a nice career as a as a radio guy not on air talent but 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 it's it's really you know the the psychology of that of Howard Stern, uh, you know, not being able to to connect with his dad in any way, and then going in not just going into radio, but being the the biggest and the best uh, ever was his way of like I can't talk to my dad one on one, so I'm going to use a microphone in a radio. That's the only way that my dad will listen to me. Is it's it's a it's like wow. when You listen to stuff like that. It's it's pretty crazy, but. Anyway, yeah, Vince. Vince is the father figure. I I I just feel like that is just such a. I I feel like there's a, a Logan Roy quality. If you watch Succession, how Logan Roy treats his own kids on that show, where he's he's so manipulative, and he'll uh, you know as uh, as as Kendall is is crying <laughs> is crying in his in his father's arms, in the the season one finale. And and Logan's my son. You're my number one boy. You're my number one boy. And he's hugging him and everything. And then, and then Logan just kind of like points to uh, to Colin, the security guy, and he's like, "Okay, get him out of here." And uh, I feel like that's that's a Vince McMahon kind of thing. Without knowing Vince McMahon, I feel like that's uh, just knowing what a just a total prick he is. This whole father figure thing has to be just such a, a technique. Whether Vince even knows it or not, just a technique to get what you want out of your wrestlers, out of your employees. Uh, man. That's so why I, I guess maybe maybe I admire Steve Jobs a little bit more because he never I don't think there's any stories like that. I don't know too I don't follow it too much, but like I've seen the I've seen the Steve Jobs movies. Well, not the Ashton Kutcher one. I'm not gonna I'm not that desperate for something to do. But uh the fastbender one. And it was good. You know, shitty father. Shitty husband, shitty, shitty guy all around. Great, uh, brilliant genius who changed the world forever and ever and ever. And uh, but, but you never—he was just kind of a prick to his employer. There was never anything where you saw, you know. Oh, I really thought of Steve as a—he was like a dad to me. So at least Steve Jobs was just a prick. I don't think you hear a lot about Bezos either. Oh, Jeff Bezos—he's really like a father to me. No, you hear that about Vince McMahon a lot. Especially from 80s and 90s wrestlers. And I just think, yeah, between that and the fact that Vince uh, doesn't want his employees, his wrestlers to know just how much they're worth so that he can lowball the shit out of them, pay him as little as possible to get as much out of them as possible. I guess that is a father figure because that's what you do. (laughs) That's what you do with your kids. You try to get them to do as much free labor as possible without knowing that they could go find a job. Uh, You know, hey, hey, kid, get out there and mow the lawn for free, but uh, don't go working for any uh, landscaping company because they're going to actually pay you. (laughs) Maybe that is, (laughs) maybe that is how it's done. As I, as I try to get my kids to do, uh, well, they don't do anything. They're, they're, they're useless. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> one, one was just walking by. Uh, no, but you did. I mean, that's, yeah. What's That's the point of having kids, right? Get them to do a bunch of shit for you so you don't have to. How many times? Just the number of times that I'm lying feet and sometimes centimeters away from something, and I have one of my children get it for Uh, Could you go get me the... Like, I'm lying on the couch, and I can... I can touch the remote with my foot and I will have I will yell to a child in another room and have them come out and get the remote for me like true Homer Simpson and they'll come out and they'll say what you need me to do that and I won't tell you know I'll be like uh, you know whoever's in, within earshot be like I need I need help I need some help okay what's up dad like can you get me the remote and they'd be like, the thing that is resting on your knee? Yes. You can't reach that? No. Well, I can, but I'm not going to. That's why you're here. Thank you. you- <laughs> I'm never going to pay you for these things, but thank you. So yeah, I guess that is a father figure, because what is what is being a parent if not getting <laughs> having some extra little sets of hands around to do a bunch of shit for you? That you would otherwise have to do by yourself. <laughs> as I'm thinking of all the times I stood in, my, in the basement of my parents' house holding these giant wood beams, as my dad uh, would run back to his little tool shop in the other room and say, Oops, wait a minute, this is the wrong, this, this drill bit's the wrong size. Hold on. Well, can I put this down? It's very heavy. It's hurting my neck. No, just hold it there. Hold it there. It's only a second. And come back, and I'm holding these giant beams of wood, these boards, (laughs) as they're being drilled into the into the ceiling or into the wall. Yeah, but that's that's the fun part. You have kids, and then they do a bunch of shit for you. And uh, anyway, so maybe that is maybe Vince McMahon is is truly a father figure to these people. (laughs) I'm gonna get the most out of them pay him the least amount of money and then i'm gonna buy myself a private jet a gulf stream yeah yeah but no he, he he truly seems like an insane person he always has seemed like an insane person uh and he's still you know pushing 80 years old he's nothing nothing gets on the air on any of those shows and it used to be like two hours of they used to have like two, three hours a week of, of wrestling programming that you could watch. Now it's three hours on Monday, two hours on Friday, sometimes two and a half hours, a couple hours on Tuesday, a couple other hours and pay-per-view. I mean, it's, it's nonstop. And then the WWE Network, it's nonstop content. Nothing makes it to air without Vince signing off. So that is... And then in addition to that, he runs the company and all the other arms and aspects of the company and uh yeah so yeah you got to be a little a little bit insane to be able to do that and be you know close to 80 and still doing that uh he looks like shit though when you see him he just looks uh yeah he looks he looks he looks terrible i think he's got this weird i mean they the makeup that's why he's, you don't see him on tv too often because when you do it's like He almost has this sort of, uh, he has like a lime green hue (laughs) when he comes out. And I don't know if he's, yeah, his eye, I mean, it just, it all looks so strange. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like Vince from, but Vince is still, you know, he hits that gym. He does those, he does all the workouts and stuff. He's pumping iron. He's a fucking, he's insane. He's a maniac. But he gave me a product that I fell in love with 30 years ago. And even though I'm I have fallen out of love with it <laughs> in and out of love many times over the over the years but I'm at a point now where I'm like okay I actually I can fi- I'm finally walking away from this stuff. No I'm not. I just was I was just telling you about the friggin' Crown Jewel pay-per-view that I put on the other day. I didn't really watch it but I watched you know I had it on in the background. So but I'm not going to their live shows. I'm going to AEW because that's that's who gets my money these days. Um, I have WWE Network because I get Peacock for free because I'm a Comcast subscriber with Xfinity. So I'm, I'm going to just get WWE Network whether I want it or not. And uh, and as for AEW, I'm going to actually give them money directly for their pay-per-views from time to time, not everyone, and for tickets to go see their show because that's a product that I actually want to consume to some degree. All right, it's uh it's now 10:30, so I've been talking into this thing for a long time. I hope I'm still talking into it. I didn't even check to see if it's still recording. Oh, good. It is. I'll, I'm going to call this episode 91 cuz I just picked up and started talking. And we've talked about horror movies, and we've talked about my kids being scared of things and not being scared of anything anymore, and we've talked about wrestling and billionaires and just I, I don't even know. It's just me pacing around. You talk about crazy people. Here's a guy on a Sunday morning who just paces around holding a phone up to his face. That's what this podcast has become. All good fun. Uh, yeah, all 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 really great fun. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do today. Sunny, very sunny, very very nice chance. Pro this might be the last chance to get out and see the fall colors because it's going. There are there are weather alerts. For the next three days, according to Boston Twenty Five News, and that rain, like I said, it's there's still a lot of green out there though. So maybe there's a chance. I mean, this could be either either all the leaves are going to be completely down uh, by this time next week, or we could get a really rare late October uh, bloom of uh, of colors on a lot of these trees, and I'm looking, I was on, I took several walks yesterday, and I saw several trees that were, not several, I saw a lot of trees that were still just green, that looked like September, it looks like mid-September in, in a lot of spots, where there's there's not a whole lot of color, it's just stuff is green, so, maybe this wetness will uh, will bring some of these trees to life, that could be nice, because after having snow all over the place last Halloween, it would be pretty cool to go trick or treating and have like a late late October uh, peak foliage. I don't think that's going to be the case, but we're certainly certainly could have some good colors for trick or treating. It doesn't matter. It's six o'clock when you go trick. It's dark out, anyways. What's the point? Uh, I did realize one thing though, uh, as as Atlanta. What did I say? It was going to be Atlanta and Houston because that's the matchup that nobody wants. To, I can't imagine anybody is remotely interested in that. I'm not going to watch a second of that. That's for baseball fans, I guess. You should be into it as a as just a sports fan in general because what you're watching in theory is the two best teams and getting to see them hopefully go uh, certainly four games and hopefully five, six, seven games. But I, ah, man, I... I'm not I'm not into it, you know, if it was football, I'm watching whatever team is in the Super Bowl. If it's basketball, I'm watching whatever teams are in the finals. Um same with hockey, I don't care enough if it's not the if it's not the Bruins. Uh you know, I guess I could watch maybe the Rangers if they were moving along pretty nicely, but that's that's it. You know, maybe maybe the Blackhawks here or there. I don't know. <coughs> but that's it. NBA I'm watching whatever teams in the finals. NFL any team in the finals. March Madness, don't care. Give me just give me basketball, baseball. It's like all right, this isn't even. I mean, if the Dodgers were were in the World Series, I'd I could uh, okay. I'll check out the dot. Yeah, Dodgers are good. I'll check that out. They're not. It's the Astros and the uh, Atlanta Braves, and I'm like, okay, no thanks. But I did realize one thing. Uh, we were talking on Thursday about how there's not much, um, there's, there's there's so few times where you get professional baseball, basketball, football, and hockey, the big four, on the same day. We had that last Thursday with the NFL uh, Thursday night game. And uh, MLB had uh, whatever you had, one of the games, the Dodger game or something, I don't remember. Um, and then a bunch of hockey and a bunch of NBA games. And I'm realizing, oh wow, <laughs> there's because there's no baseball today. The World Series starts on Tuesday, and Game One and Two are Tuesday, Wednesday. Game three, four, and five would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if there's, I guess if there's a Game Five, then that'll be on Sunday. That means next Sunday, uh, Halloween, we'll have all four of the major. American sports playing leagues playing on the same day, as well as golf. Uh, Not college football, though. Uh, But if they if they if that game ends in uh, in four, then that's it. We're not going to have any uh, any more days. That's the only possible chance to have MLB, NHL, NBA, and NFL, and I guess PGA golf on the same day as next Sunday. If if this World Series goes to Game Five, which it probably will. I don't think I don't. Are there many World Series that end in four? I don't think so. Maybe if I mean it, it happens. It's I I think most of them at least go to five or six. Seven is not as common, but I think if, I think a five a game five is probably likely. So, so that's it. I mean, we had last Thursday. Uh, as far as again regular, I'm talking regular season, not preseason. That you know that happens throughout October, but regular season. We had it on Thursday and college football, so that was the day. If you wanted to see college football, NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, uh, and PGA golf, Thursday was maybe uh, that was that was the only that was the only time because you're not going to have college football on any of these potential days that the World Series is being played. Isn't that interesting? Well, you will have it on Saturday, but you won't have NFL on Saturday. So last Thursday, that was that was when you got to have. You got to have it all. And potentially potentially next Sunday is the only other chance for that to happen. Because there's no baseball today. Uh, so you're not getting all four. And and next Sunday, if there's a game five, that's the only chance. So that's why it's it's magical this time of year. It's a magical time of year. Because you get all those sports at the same time, and you don't get that. I mean, just in general, you really, you know, this is the only time where you can get. All of, all four of those sports being played, even if it's not on the same day, just having them, you know, all played at the same time in general. That only happens September and October. So, uh, no, it doesn't even happen in September. There's no NBA. Uh, the preseason of the NBA starts in October. May, did it? Did it start in late September? No, I think it started at the beginning of So not even. No, forget September. It's October. That's it. That's the only month. Occasionally, the World Series, yeah, it might spill over into November, and if it, uh, you know, if they go to Game Six and Seven, that'll be on a Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. But that's, uh, but you're not going to get football on the same night as baseball in November because those those uh, Game Six and Seven will be Tuesday, Wednesday. So there you go. That's it. Next Sunday is the only other possible chance to get all of the major sports leagues playing on the same day. But October is just so spectacular because you get them all, all month long. You have all, all the all the sports being played, which I think is pretty cool. That it, it is. It's, it's the only, only time of the entire year where that happens. Uh, I guess, <laughs> I guess unless you count March, if you count March of 2020 when you briefly had the XFL playing, then yeah, I guess you had, I guess you had some football games, but that doesn't count. I'm talking NFL the, the major the major sports leagues uh, and that reminds me tonight tonight you also get to you know what you're also going to have next week next Sunday if there's a game five in the World Series because Kirby enthusiasm starts tonight next Sunday you could I mean this is as rare as it gets this doesn't happen not not only does this not happen every year this doesn't even happen I mean ever ever next Sunday if there's game five. You will have NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, PGA all playing on the same day. You will also have Halloween and tricks or treats. And you will have a day in which there is a new episode of Succession and a new episode of Kirby Enthusiasm. Next Sunday has the potential to be the greatest Halloween of all time because you have anything and everything that you could possibly want to have. And then it'll all come crashing down the next day when it's November 1st and we realize, okay, Halloween's over. That sucks. And it's a little too early to get pumped for Christmas and it's, it's after Halloween. It's, it's going to be quite the Halloween hangover next Monday. But, man, that could be, you know, circle your calendars because it's not just Halloween. It's a whole bunch of other stuff going on at the same time. And I'm here for it, baby. The Birthday Boy Podcast is here for it. Yeah, anyway. All right, that's enough. Um, this is this has been going on for an hour and 20 minutes. An hour and 20 minutes. I'm done. Uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to do... Ab- I'm probably going to do absolutely nothing. I say I'm going to go do stuff. It's, it's very unlikely. I was pretty active yesterday. I took several walks. Easily got my steps yesterday. Uh, ran some errands. Oh, <laughs> I think I'm about to wrap up. And I got to tell you, I went to... One of the things that I do not do is I do not go to Costco on the weekends, ever. 12 months out of the year, going to Costco, going to this Costco on a weekend is you're just setting yourself up for complete and total punishment. The exception was when we went to Myrtle Beach, we got into town on a Saturday, we needed stuff, we had so we went to Costco. And it was jam-packed, all the tourists, all the vacationers, madness, chaos, craziness, still wasn't nearly as bad as any given Saturday at my local neighborhood, Costco. And uh, I went yesterday because I just I finished up my walk, and I said, boy, this is, this is soup weather. And uh, I, I like Panera. Uh, I'm a fan of Panera. I ha- always have been. You can't get – if you want to get dinner or lunch for a family of four at Panera, which is basically just – Panera is fast food. I mean it is. It's fast food. It's a it's a higher end, better quality ingredients, but it's there's no difference from McDonald's in the sense of what people are doing. They're just, you know, pre-made food coming across a, an assembly line of humans putting together, you know, one of like six different sandwiches or scooping up bowls of one of like seven or eight different soups that they have. Or you know, reaching into a pastry case to get a get a Danish for somebody or a muffin. Uh, that's it's just a nicer atmosphere. It's not it's not busy. It's not as noisy. It's not greasy. Uh, but Panera is basically a McDonald's. The difference is, you go to McDonald's with a family of four, you're probably walking out of there, uh, you know, twenty bucks later. Happy meal or cheese, couple cheeseburgers, some French fries. And I know the scams. I'm not doing those uh, meal deals anymore. I, I, I don't even know if they do that anymore. I think because everybody caught on to what a scam that was. Yeah, so I'll get the number two, and they give you the burger and the fries and the coke, and it's uh, like seven dollars. Whereas you can just like not get the coke and get a couple of burgers and a large fry for like three fifty. Uh, anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. Let's just call it twenty bucks. Uh, to get a to get a McDonald's, especially with you know Happy Meals ain't cheap. Those are five bucks, four or five bucks a piece. So let's just say it's it's usually I feel like our McDonald's trips are somewhere. If it's all four of us getting food, it's somewhere between seventeen and twenty dollars. In New Hampshire, it's twenty dollars because there's no income tax, there's no sales tax, but they fucking get you. If you want to go out to a restaurant, you are paying some major major taxes, my friend. The restaurant taxes is, uh, is extraordinary here in New Hampshire. As is the property tax uh, so yeah uh, so McDonald's is twenty bucks a place with lower taxes yeah maybe it's 17 16 17 18 for a family of four let's call it 20 bucks Panera uh, it's fifty to sixty dollars it's just if you're getting a sandwich if people are getting a sandwich and a soup you know the sandwiches are she's uh, they're they're between six and ten dollars the soups are between you know there's 7 or 8 dollars give or to if it's a bread bowl it's a, so you know it ain't cheap and uh, so last night i said boy i could go for i could go for some soup i could go for a broccoli cheddar soup i could go for a chicken salad sandwich but i'm not going to panera cuz i'm not doing that we go to panera like i feel like twice a year and uh, and that's that's too much cuz it's just i hate having to pay so much money for that food uh so I said, well, Costco has delicious Kirkland lobster bisque and uh, and they have a delicious, they have a tub of chicken salad that you can get for like 10 bucks that can make chicken salad sandwiches for a family of four for at least a week, if not more. My problem was by the time I was done with my walk and done with my shower, and then I realized, oh my God, it's it's 20 of six. Costco closes at six. I got to go. I got to go. So I threw on my shoes and I ran out the door and I got to Costco in like five minutes. This is very close. Parked, got inside. It was a madhouse. I usually, if I do go to Costco on any day, I go within the last 30 minutes before closing because usually everybody is long gone. I guess people are now on to my whole scheme of going at the end of the day when nobody's there because it was as crowded as I have ever seen that fucking place in my life. People just beginning their shopping trips at 10 of 6, 10 minutes before closing. And uh yeah, people people are just something's up, man. I I'm I'm really this is the other thing about not wanting to go out in public cuz people uh between uh you know pandemic stuff and covid stuff and Supply chain stuff and just people just being on edge a lot more than they were two years ago. Usually, I was the just the angry guy at Costco. Like, what do people leave their – get the fuck out of the way. What are you fucking I, – I was usually just the angry guy. Yesterday, it's just people and, – and rightfully so because people are just leaving their baskets. There's not a lot of room. People are just leaving their shopping cart to go look at a shelf. Uh, excuse me, sir. Move your cart. You know, and they're like, okay, but I'm just – everybody was fine they handled the situation they moved their baskets one old timer with his mask you know pretty much in his mouth uh i just i'm looking for the chicken salad my cart is not out in you know it's it's up against the 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 case and i just feel like my cart moved just slightly just an inch or two and just this old guy's like beep beep and then moves past and i just turn like beep beep what the fuck and uh, and then he he moved very quickly <laughs> after that. I'm like, I'm not gonna like hit you. Just like, what do you don't be beat me? You can just ask me to move my cart. you don't have to don't touch my cart, you fuck. Jesus Christ, old people are idiots. So are young people. so are all people. Everybody's just so stupid. Uh, yeah, but then the then the line,, uh, the checkout line, was back to the produce <clears throat> produce section, which is basically the back of the store. And Costco ain't small. If you've been to a Costco, if you've never been to a Costco, you, everybody's been to a BJ's or a Sam's Club or, or Costco. You, you know these warehouses. They're huge. They're warehouses. And I, um, yeah, I, we started at the back of the store. And then there's an employee standing there. I I, first I couldn't believe it I said this line this can't be the checkout line I mean what else could it be but it it, it, this is this right so I so I went down one of the back uh, the back aisles to the front of the store and then realized holy shit that is the checkout line I should have just gotten in it uh but I didn't want to get in a line that was waiting for a free sample of a pierogi and find out that that's what it was, and I'm sitting here waiting for the checkout line, and just standing there in the pierogi line like an idiot. So I wanted to go up front and make sure. So I came back and I got in line. I said, "Okay, whatever. Uh, this is, I'm just I'm locked in. I'm just gonna gonna listen to tunes, gonna put the earbuds in, uh, the AirPods, whatever they are." And uh, so, so one of the one of the employees, uh, this, this gruff old broad, she's like, "You know, the self checkout's open. The line, sh- there's no line up there for self checkout." I tuned to her, around. I'm like, there's no line. If I just walk up right now, I can go to self checkout. Well, there's a line, but it's it's not the same line. It's a line that's going in the back aisle. And I'm like, I just walked up there. There was no such line. It's all one line. And the woman behind me, nice, a sweet old woman. She said, I was just up there. Uh, I was just up there too. There's the. It's all coming from the same line. And I said, okay. I'm like, I'll. I'm just gonna hang out here. And she was very nice. She's like, "If you want to go and check," she's like, "You can I'll save your spot in line. You can come back. I'll let you in." I'm like, "Nah, I've, I've done enough walking. I'm just going to hang out here." And then the old the old lady who was stocking the shelves just turned. She's like, "Hey, what do I know? I just came back from break. You can listen to me or you can listen to her." And I just turned around. I'm like, "Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to listen to her." Fine. Suit yourself. I'm like, "I will. I'm suiting myself. Myself has just been suited. Consider me suited." Consider myself suited. And then you know what happened? The line moved faster with the 75,000 people in it than it normally does when there's three people waiting to check out. I couldn't believe how quickly. I texted a picture. It was 6.01 when I was standing in that line. The store closed at 6. So everybody's in line. It was 6.01. I texted a picture to my wife saying, look at this. This is where the line is. And she wrote back, holy shit, that's unbelievable. I sent her a picture, I think it was at 6.04, that I was 50% closer to the checkout. And then I get up there, and guess what? The self-checkout and the regular checkout, it was all coming from the same line. So if I had gotten, and I've been burned on this before. I was once at a Target or a Walmart, and somebody at Christmas time said, hey, the uh register 2 is open. There's no line down there and then a bunch of us got out of line and then the kid who was on register 2 just closed down his aisle and we all got out of line and we all started screaming at this manager uh, who then had to open up his own checkout and let us through. Uh I'm not I'm not listening to employees, no offense. I I'm, I'm just I'm listening to my my gut, my instincts and the old lady behind me and the fact that I just went to the front of the store and didn't see any such separate line and this old lady was up at the front of the store and didn't see any such separate line and she even told me i'll hold your spot if you want to go no I'm, I'm fine suit yourself yeah i am i'm suiting myself this is what you are looking at is a picture of a man who is currently in the midst of suiting himself so there uh and the line moves so quickly here's the timeline 601 i had just gotten in line sent a picture to the wife here i am in line 604 sent a picture. I can't believe how fast this line is moving. We were we were near the household cleaners aisle at this point and the and the salty snacks aisle uh, on the other side which is uh, you don't know but that's very close to the register. And then I see that the line is breaking off either to go have an employee scan all your stuff or to go do the self-checkout. I'm like, "Eh, you know, I don't like to I don't like to work for the company that I'm shopping at, but I want to get the fuck out of here. So I went to the self-checkout. I waited for about two seconds. One of the, one of the six self-checkout or eight or whatever it is opened up. And I went, I scanned one item before a Costco employee with a little scanny gun thing came over and said, would you like some help, sir? I said, absolutely. And she took her little scanny gun and went beep, 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 beep <laughs> at all the stuff in my cart. Cause I didn't have that much. I had like I don't know, seven, eight things, if that. Beep, 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 beep. Swipe my card, and I got the hell out of there. I sent a picture of myself, a selfie, as they call it, to my wife. It was six. Hold on. I want to be accurate on this. It was six. Nope. Um, Where was it? Here I am. 610. I sent a, a picture of myself as I was walking to my car saying, done. So to recap, 6.01, I get in line. And the the gruff old employee yells at me, suit yourself! Okay. 6.04, we're halfway there. 6.10, I am walking to my car. Faster than any line I think I maybe have ever been in at Costco, where there's more than one person in front of me. Unreal. Commendable. Well done, Costco, that was absolutely that was five star. It can't be easy. It's just just great, just great job. Of course, then I went to BJ's because I wanted to get Panera soup. Costco sells delicious Kirkland soup. BJ's sells Panera's uh, broccoli cheddar soup, and they sell that legal seafoods too. Same with Shaw's. Shaw's has legal seafoods and Panera. Legal seafood sucks. That's a you know, New New Englanders like to talk about how they don't go to like chain seafood restaurants cuz they got the real thing. And uh and Legal Seafoods uh I've I've had their lobster bisque before. It is the most bland, flavorless, soupy fucking crap that you could ever hope to uh ever hope to taste. So, I went to BJ's and got the broccoli cheddar soup to my liking. And uh we came home and we had delicious warm soups. I had a delicious chicken salad sandwich on a crispy, warm baguette. And uh, I'm going to have many more this week. Many more soups, many more sandwiches still to come. (laughs) All right. That's all. I I was going to sign off 10 minutes ago, but I wanted to tell you about my soup. And now that I've told you about my soup. Oh, and I also got $20 at BJ's. I used my debit card and I got cash back. I needed a $20 bill. And I got home and we emptied out all the groceries. Then I went to Shaw's and I got some root beer and uh, and some cupcakes because that's uh you know necessities. And I got home and realized I didn't have the twenty dollars. wasn't in my pocket. Uh oh. So I ran back to the car, looked in the car, looked around the car, wasn't there. Drove back to Shaw's, looked around the parking lot, asked if anybody had turned in $20 because, yeah, that's a thing that happens. People just turn in money. Uh, people just find cash money and bring it to somebody else. Yeah, that, that ain't that ain't happening. Went to BJ's, did the same. Sorry, no no dice. I said, all right, well, I guess somebody, either some squirrel is eating my $20 or somebody who really needs $20 now has $20. At least it's, uh, at least it wasn't a hundred dollar bill. I'd really feel crappy about that. So I came home, and as I'm driving home, I thought to myself, you know, I looked, I looked between the seats, I looked under the seats, I looked at the immediate area right around the car, uh, because instead of putting the twenty dollars in my wallet like a normal person would, I just put it in my pocket where my keys are. And so when I pulled my keys out, I pulled the twenty dollars out. And I said, all right, well, it's not at the it's not at the other two stores. And as I'm driving home, I said, you know, I looked around the car, I looked in the car, but I didn't, I didn't retrace my steps to and from between the car to the front door when I was unloading groceries. I didn't look, uh, you know, in the bushes, I didn't look in the, I didn't look anywhere. And sure enough, uh, just as that thought popped in my head and I turned into my, my parking area and, uh, and there was a, there was a nice green piece of paper sticking out between the leaves uh, right in front of the car where I did not look before I, before I peeled off into the night to go try and find my $20 at two separate grocery stores that I had just been to 20 minutes prior. But hey, it was a nice night for a drive. So all in good fun. And I got my $20 back. Crisis averted. Had soup. Had my $20. Had chicken salad. Had a little glass. Of, I told you about my Saturday night root beer. I had a glass of Saturday night root beer. Life is pretty good. All right. I'm out of here. The end.